Thanks for tuning in to Organic Matters each week. I really appreciate it. Tell all your friends about us. I'm at bruce.dooley.com, B-R-U-C-E dot D-E-U-L-E-Y.com. I'm also at Organic Matters, just like it sounds, all lowercase, dot info, organicmatters.info. And you can just put um, organic matters in in general, and it will find me uh, one or two down the list. If you put it in properly, I'll be on top of the list. So thanks for finding me. And finally, I'm on a couple of radio stations. One that I do want to mention for sure is KVLF out in Alpine and that area of Texas. I'm, I'm starting to get some emails from out that way. And that's a live show that comes on at 9 o'clock on Saturday mornings. It's mostly this show, but it, it's, it's me in the original edition. So you're welcome to go there and always get in touch with me at nature-approved at yahoo.com. This week we're going to talk about something I've talked about at least once or twice a year, and and because of the the recent meeting over our climate uh, in Egypt that just ended, incidentally, I talked about that last week. May bring it up again uh, later in this show. It's obvious that the rising cost of farming's addiction, and I want to call it an addiction, to chemical fertilizers is both expensive for them way more expensive than it's been in the past, number one. And number two, certainly not any better for our environment. The cost of chemical fertilizers in both the global north and south overall has skyrocketed over the past two years and is putting severe economic strain on farmers and the public's budget. The G20 nations, this is part of the, that was a group of nations folks that met uh, just this past week in Egypt. The G20 nations paid almost twice as much for key fertilizer imports in 2021 compared to 2020 and are on course to spend more than three times that much in this year, in 2022. An additional cost of at least $21.8 billion. Now listen to that number, folks. $21.8 billion just in the United States, for example. The UK paid an extra. This is, they were pretty way up there. In, in, in U.S. dollars, they paid of $144 million for fertilizer imported in 2021 and 2022. And Brazil paid an extra in U.S. dollars. Again, I tried to convert all this. $3.5 billion just for their fertilizer. Nine of the developing companies are on course to pay more than three times in 2022 what they did in the year 2020. These countries like Pakistan, which paid an extra in, in, the, in, you, in our dollars, $875 million. And even struggling countries like Ethiopia paid over $390 million more over 2021 to 2022. Now, this, folks, is just to grow crops we need to feed all of us. And I did mention last week, and let me mention it again. I had a guy I met just in an open situation last week that kind of thought, well, this is funny, or he thought it was he didn't think it was real. Last Wednesday night in our time, uh, we went over 8 billion people. The number 8 billion. We crossed the 8 billion line uh, some weird time. I, I think it was stated at 3 a.m. our time last Wednesday. Folks, think about 8 billion living things that we have to feed. And incidentally, that's, of course, just us. 
And what bothers me, folks, is just like the petroleum companies that we deal with. The world's largest fertilizer companies are now making record profits as farmers struggle to cope with the increased prices. In other words, they're not giving anybody a break. They're just raking it off the top. None of the world's largest fertilizer companies are expected to make $57 billion. That's profit, folks. That's not gross. Profit for the year 2022. Up more than a fourfold from just two years ago. And their profits for 2021-2022 are on course to come out at a total of $84 billion. Folks, this is to feed us. These are companies, yes, I do believe in free enterprise. I believe that we should let come back. But there's a point where they're, I, 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 wanna, I have a better word I can use. They're raping the world. They're raping uh, our, our economies with that kind of profit in the times that, yes. And, and we talk about inflation. And incidentally, the inflation is worldwide, folks. We blame uh, our president. We blame whatever. But we're 100th on the list. There's 100 nations with higher inflation rates on a daily basis than we have right now. So this is not caused by any one country or any one person. It's a worldwide inflation that we have to learn to deal with. And it's companies like these fertilizer companies and the petroleum companies and the other really giant corporations that, that are really, truthfully, nothing more but monopolies that are guiding their profits at the cost of virtually everybody that lives on this planet. There's, we're at a point, folks, where actions must focus on reducing the consumption of chemical fertilizers and supporting some other technologies, which I've only been pushing, folks, about 30 years, over 20 years on radio. But prior to that, I had a radio show, and I was already writing some articles in, in newspapers and magazines. It, we've known this for a long time. We need to cut costs and the damage which chemical fertilizers cause to our environment and to our climate, and now, for God's sakes, to our pocketbooks. The problem in a nutshell is this. The global food system that we live under is addicted to chemical fertilizers. For over the past 50 years, these fertilizers have been heavily promoted by global institutions, governments, and agribusiness as the means for increasing crop yields while other options for increasing soil fertility and food production have largely been either ignored or totally undervalued. As a result, worldwide use of chemical fertilizers has increased tenfold since the late 1960s. Some credit chemical fertilizers for enabling global food production to keep up with the population growth, but their use has come at a very high cost to our world and to our environment. And unfortunately, when I do that, one of the things that always comes up, chemical fertilizers are today one of the major sources of water and air pollution on our entire planet. Overuse is widespread and an important cause of soil health degradation. Proper use requires support and extension surfaces that are rarely available. Chemical fertilizers account for about 3% of all global emissions. Or let's say it this way, one out of every 40 tons of global greenhouse gas emissions come directly from the misuse or at best the overuse of chemical fertilizers. In a nutshell, folks, fertilizer corporations are using their market power to capture 
a lot like, again, the petroleum industry, mega profits. While farmers and governments all around the world are scrambling to try and cope with the added costs, high fertilizer prices are putting food production at severe risk in, in a lot of places where we're still going along here in our country okay. In early October of this year, just passed, the United Nations warned that if immediate action is not taken to bring down fertilizer prices on a worldwide basis, there could well be a food global shortage in the near future. And even though nearsighted politicians, not just in our country, but for instance, the French president, uh, Macron, uh, is asking the fertilizer companies there to, quote unquote, scale up the production as fast and as much as possible. So don't change the, don't change the problem, just increase it. Not the correct answer. Increased production of chemical fertilizers is not going to solve the crisis, folks. It's Number one, the era of cheap fertilizer is just over, and the costs have become too much to bear and still give us a reasonable price on the food we eat on a daily basis, both in terms of financial burden for farmers and, of course, for us, the public. Severe environmental and health impacts and long-term risk to food security are they're, they're obvious. While some short-term actions can be taken to cut waste and address excess profit, I've talked about the waste thing forever, um, it is critical that governments focus on reducing consumption of fertilizer in the long term, including programs to support farmers to transition towards environmentally sound and more cost-effective alternatives. Farmers will do whatever it takes, folks, if they, they are in the business to make money. They don't care if they have to use commercial, organic, or whatever fertilizer. We need to guide them to a safer and sustainable method to feed the 8 billion of us that are now here. Just a quick result of the studies that I found that, that are kind of amazing and one reason for the problem. Fertilizer is overapplied and wasted. The excess evaporates or is washed away where does it go? Into our rivers, into our streams, into our air, pollutes our soil and pollutes our water. In, in long-term studies, I don't happen to have it. I don't know why. For the United States, I couldn't find it. But in Germany, only 60% of the fertilizer that they use each year gets to the crop. That, and the other way of saying it, folks, is 40% of it is, is in the environment, polluted or gone away. A big, big problem for us since it's our neighbor the studies show that in Mexico, only 45% of the fertilizer they use actually gets to the crop. The rest is wasted. Canada's at 60%, and Australia is at about 62%. Don't ask me. I've looked everywhere. I cannot find a number for us here in the U.S. But that's a big part of the problem. It's most of it's, well, almost half in many cases, and some over half is wasted. And not to beat it to death, but the short answer is a thing I call, actually I stole the name, agroecology. It does not involve the use of chemical fertilizers. And the chemical companies always criticize it for reducing food production. However, there's a growing body of research showing that agroagriculture actually provides immense economic, social, and food security benefits while ensuring climate justice, in other words, and restoring the soils and the environment so that they are indeed sustainable. Just as an example, there's 30 farm studies across Europe and Africa, not here yet, that show that yields can be maintained and in many cases even increased if fertilizers are replaced with 
agroecological farming methods. In another 57 nations that I found, the agroecological projects cover 37 million hectares, folks. I don't know, I, we can't ever talk about hectares here. But that's, that's about 80 million acres, okay? Equivalent to 3% of the total cultivated area in those countries were shown to increase an average crop yield by over 79%, as well as land productivity on 12.6 million acres. In Africa, farmers have even higher gains with average crop yields going over 100%, up to 116%. India agriculture programs now involve 700,000 farmers and result in zero negative impacts on the yields. So to cut to the chase here, folks, uh, I beat the horse a little bit too much. <laughs> what we do. Measures, including a change in subsidies, which support a managed transition towards farming practices that significantly reduce or eliminate the use of chemical fertilizers. Other words, they get paid not to use them instead of giving subsidies to use them. Coordinate efforts to rapidly ramp up the production of non-chemical fertilizers, which we know how to do, and expand, of course, what I call agroecological farming on a large basis. And here in the United States, which we can't control anywhere else, I also recommend, although I think it should be nationwide, the termination of philanthropic programs that support the introduction of fertilizers into the farming systems, which are not already dependent on their use. Otherwise, the fertilizer people are going out to try to sell this to stuff that are to people that already don't use it because they want to sell their fertilizer. Not necessary. And finally, we need to have some initiatives to prevent profiteering by the giant fertilizer companies, a lot like I think about the giant petroleum companies. We folks have meganopolies that run all of our big businesses now, and it's costing us tremendously. Thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.